Most all of you know that uh, Thanksgiving Day is not a holy day of obligation. And yet the turnout is always very good, it seems like, for uh, a non-obligatory day. A lot of people want to give thanks in church to start their day with that. And, uh, and of course, uh, one of the, not surprisingly at all, the, the most frequent gospel that's shared on that day in that Mass is the one that we heard today. The very familiar story of the healing of the ten lepers, but only one shows gratitude to Jesus. I think we, we understand well how insidious the disease of leprosy was. Especially back in Jesus' time, the, the danger of contagion was such that, that uh, lepers were literally isolated from the rest of the community. They lived in leper colonies. They weren't allowed to go near healthy people. And, uh, and that's why when uh, 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 Jesus enters, this, uh, uh, enters uh, through Samaria into Galilee, uh, as he enters the village, it says that 10 lepers stood at a distance from him and raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They, I, I, Jesus, of course, at that point says, go show yourselves to the priests. That was how one was able to confirm they no longer had leprosy by the ruling of the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Interesting, I've commented before that most of Jesus' miracles involved the ministry of touch. But this is one of those rare examples where Jesus, some distance himself from the lepers, offers the words of healing to them. And, and fairly quickly, it sounds like they realized that healing as they had left him. And, and not, I suppose, to be too critical of those who didn't go back because they must have been so overwhelmed with joy they were going to get to be with their loved ones and reconnect with the community. But uh, Jesus also wanted to recognize the, the fact that the one person who did come back, who fell at his feet and, uh, and, and, and thanks Jesus in a loud voice, a Samaritan, very significant, of course, because of the rancor between the Jews and the Samaritans, the disrespect that was generally shown to Samaritans. But the Samaritan is the one who falls at his feet and thanks him. And Jesus says in reply, ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, stand up and go, your faith has saved you. The, uh, the fact that he falls at Jesus' feet is a sign of his faith in Jesus. And of course, we recognize that uh, this had to be just the most remarkable kind of relief and healing. A lot of times, of course, the healings were more practical, giving sight to the blind or hearing to the deaf. But the stigma of being a leper, not to speak of whatever discomfort there would be with that disease, uh, and, and leprosy, as you know, is, is the body uh, breaking out into sores all over. Uh, and, and it was considered to be quite contagious. The, uh, the, the uh, first reading, of course, is also related to leprosy. And it involves the great general Naaman, who goes to see the prophet Elisha. Remember, Elijah passes the mantle on to Elisha. 
And uh, he, Naaman is, at, is ordered, I should say, to be plunged into the Jordan, Jordan River, seven times. And uh, his flesh, it says, became like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean of his leprosy. Once again, a miracle takes place, and he is grateful, Naaman is, he's grateful to uh, Elisha, because that's the one who has uh, worked the healing through him. And he, uh, he takes his whole retinue, it says. This, this is significant, and he goes, and he see, uh, goes to where uh, Elisha is, and uh, on his arrival before Elisha, he says, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a gift from your servant. And uh, Elisha won't. He won't. In a way, I think that people who serve the Lord in any day and age don't want to take a reward. The reward comes for us after uh, this life is done. But uh, uh, Elisha says, as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not take it speaking of the gift from Naaman. And despite Naaman's urging, he still refused. And then Naaman says, if you will not accept, please let me, your servant, have two mule loads of earth, for I will no longer offer holocaust or sacrifice to any other god except to the Lord. Now, what's behind that, by the way, is that the land that Elisha occupied in places that were considered to be sacred, it was thought to be a great uh, gift to take earth from, two mules in this particular case, to take the earth from their land and move it to their own land so that it too might be sacred. But uh, I couldn't help but uh, appreciate today that this is a uh, a day speaking of healing, important healing, but it's also a time that we focus on imminent death. And of course, you know that we've been uh, pushing very hard uh, throughout the Diocese of Michigan uh, to uh, respond with uh, a no to Proposal 3. And I want to just share with you a couple of names, because I think sometimes uh, we, we like to be able to do our own research, and internet makes so much information available for us. But uh, uh, two names, and if you want, after a mass is done, I'll give them to you, and you can look for it. One is uh, from Dr. Bernard Nathanson, co-founder of NARAL, and the former head of the largest abortion provider in the world. Though he was responsible for tens of thousands of abortions, including one of his own children, his response to seeing via ultrasound what was actually taking place was quite overwhelming. And then Dr. Anthony Levitino, an obstetrician gynecologist who performed 1,200 abortions before becoming pro-life. He served as an expert witness in front of the U.S. Congress on the issue of late-term abortion. It took a terrible tragedy with his own child before he woke up to realize he was killing others' children. He is now a member of Heartbeat International's Medical Advisory Council, highlighting the work of our pregnancy resource centers. His testimony also talks about what abortion really is. 
And I think that's, this is a weekend that the church wants us to really understand that we must put flesh behind the word abortion. Abortion is the direct and intentional killing of a human being prior to birth. And I think it's, it's something we want to keep in mind. It's something that's uh, obviously grabbed the national attention. And, and we know that we don't want to be harsh in our judgments. We understand the, the great challenge and, and what may seem at a time to be prejudiced against women because they're the ones that lose the right to have an abortion. But we feel very strongly about where we stand on this issue. And we urge all of us to do whatever research we think is important to uh, support the uh, no vote on uh, Proposal 3. Uh, their uh, uh, slogan, uh, too confused and too extreme, is probably right on the mark. So we, we deal with healing and we deal with death, but that's part of our everyday spiritual life.